everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you all for joining me again. It is mid-October now. We're winding up on, well, arguably one of my favorite holidays that is going to suck crap through a tube this year because of stupid COVID. <laughs> but uh, I usually really enjoy Halloween. I, I like being able to take the kids out trick-or-treating and I know my son's getting a little old and a little long in the tooth for trick-or-treating, but he's getting right up there for that party age and horror movies and things like that. So uh, this usually is a time of great celebration in my household, but unfortunately it's tamped down a little bit by this life-taking virus that's flying around the world. But uh, we're going to make the best of it. I hope you guys are all making the best of it. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, Again, as always, if you want to look for us or leave a comment or message for the show, you can do that on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom, which will also give you the links to everywhere that we are available. But without further ado, I want to talk today about there's been a lot of negativity going around in the world right now, uh, and certainly understandable. We're in the middle of a, a global pandemic, and we're in the middle of an election cycle and just a very divided time. And it's very easy to get mired down in negativity, which, uh, I mean, I find myself doing as well. I try not to, but I find myself trapped in that cycle as well. But So today I wanted to kind of talk about uh, positive role models. Now, I called into a radio show that I listen to frequently, uh, BJ Shea, who's a, a friend of the program, been on a couple times, a wonderful human being. I called into their morning talk show, and uh, it was a listener-generated topic. We were talking about uh, positive celebrity role models, because in this age of the Me Too movement and everything else, it's really easy to see all of the uh, negative exploits that people get up to in the media. But it's it's very rare that we focus on the positive, because let's, let's face it, sex sells, violence sells, that kind of thing. Uh, what's the old... Uh, newspaper aphorism if it bleeds it leads uh, but unfortunately we don't get to hover and, and hang out with these positive people as often as uh, we would like so I wanted to talk to them about uh, positive role models and where they got to talking and and we all got to talking about all these different positive role models and then one everybody stumbles and seems to agree upon is Keanu Reeves so today I want to dedicate this podcast to uh, I'm talking about Keanu Reeves, uh, and with me today is uh, a friend of the program uh, from Tahoma Films, Arthur Gonzalez. Hi. How you doing, Arthur? I'm doing good, Saint. How are you? Uh, you know, trying to keep my head above water, trying to keep sane, you know. It's uh, it's my favorite time of year, actually. It is. Fall is very nice. Yes, it's uh, horror movie central, so <laughs> I'm a real big fan of horror movies, so... I, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I haven't, haven't been in a long time, but I, what I like to see is horror movies that kind of flip the script a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I just, I was just talking about this to someone else. I think I was talking about it to my, my wife and my kid. Uh, I just saw a trailer for a Vince Vaughn horror movie done through Bloomhouse. Okay. And it's called Freaky. Oh, yeah. I've seen the trailer for that. Yeah. It's, they took the concept of Freaky Friday mm-hmm. and flipped it on its ear into a horror event where basically this serial killer. Uh, which isn't a spoiler. If you've seen the trailer, it's not a yeah. spoiler. And I highly recommend you all go see the trailer. Freaky. Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn is a serial killer uh, who, through mystical circumstances, switches bodies with like a 17-year-old 
blonde hair, blue eye girl. Mm. And uh, so now we get this actress playing Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And we got Vince Vaughn playing this. I mean, it's just interesting. It's it's fantastic, and I like yeah. movies like that. I like movies like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where yeah, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. a horror movie ostensibly, but mm-hmm. they just kind of they screw with the franchise. They screw with with the the horror mm. tropes and the beats, and yeah, they kind of make it their own thing. The latest Jumanji re- um, reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, uh, did that as well as continuation. Yeah, maybe. different characters were playing different people, kind of thing. Oh, I know, and I, and I really loved uh, was it the Rock's version of Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or Kevin Hart's version of uh, Danny Glover. Yeah. I thought was fantastic. Awesome, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, so fall, good time of year. Fantastic, uh, festive. All my favorite flavors come into effect this time of year. You know, apple cider and pumpkin spice. I know. know. Hell yeah. I'm not not (laughs) basic like that. I'm not a pumpkin spice latte fan, but like pumpkin bread. Oh. Or some pumpkin cookies. Or pumpkin pie. That's like a Thanksgiving thing. Forget but it's about it. Still I eat good. that. No, that's a fall thing. It's I'll eat still that all. Good. It's still good. Especially some whipped cream on the side. Ooh. Hell yeah. I, there's a there's a meme going around where people uh, take and they show a piece of pumpkin pie on a plate, mm-hmm. and they it's like a, a B C D, uh-huh. which is the proper way to eat it, and it's varying amounts of like no whipped cream, a dollop of whipped cream, <laughs> a pile of whipped cream. And then it's basically the pie is frosted with whipped cream, and you have to cut it. You have to cross section in to see the pie, and it's like that's it. That's right there. There yeah, we go. That's the one. But uh, yeah, so again, I hope everyone's out there staying safe, and 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 hopefully we can weather through this together and and have a nice autumn and oh, yeah. move into the holiday season. Um, big holiday season this year. It's definitely going to be interesting. It is to see how families interact with each other now and. You know, they say a second wave is coming, but we shall we shall see. the The future Man, is we unknown. Haven't, we haven't even got through the first wave yet. Yeah, we're not even on almost I a mean, quarter million people dead. Yeah, and there's this not negative. There's not many. There's not many states or places around that are in stage four. I mean, here in Puyallup, Tacoma area, we're we're still stage three. So yeah, it's uh. We well, shall I see. I still don't go out very much. I go out to do the yeah, podcast. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I have band practice, and yeah. I think that's it. I don't even know what the hell we're practicing for at this <laughs> point. Not like we have any gigs on the horizon. Yeah, it's just we're, you know the, the way you look at it and how safe you are, and you know the precautious. And obviously, I'm not going out to like thirty, forty people parties, but you know if I want to go see my mom. Man, I didn't do that could. shit in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I mean, I'm. I mean, I know I'm in a band and I'm on stage all the yeah. time in front of crowds of people, but my preferred state is is guarded introvert so i mean yeah. this just kind of reinforces that me neither I, <laughs> I i have social anxiety and i i pay for it a lot of the time when i'm like oh i really want to go out and hang out with friends like before the pandemic but i'm just like oh i really don't because my social anxiety gets the best of me sometimes are but, you one of those people that like when you make plans and you just all of a sudden going shit now i have plans i do that often and then it gets canceled <laughs> and it's like the best fucking feeling ever it is, but then at the same time, I'm like, dang, I really didn't want to cancel those. It's just, it's just, I've, I've tried so, I'm continuing to try super hard not to do that. I'm trying to be a better friend. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just a shit friend when I do that to people. And I do too, sucks. but it, it, we got digital. We got ways yeah. to keep up with people, but. 
And even when it's like a legit reason, like I, I really have to, cause it's like a legit reason. It's not because of my social anxiety mm-hmm. or I'm just trying to back out. It's like a legit thing. Like, Hey, I really can't do this today. Um, so we wanted to talk about Keanu Reeves. Now it's a pretty timely reason to talk about it. Cause have you had the opportunity to watch the new Bill and Ted movie yet? I have not, but I, I kind of feel bad for that movie because they've, if you know anything about Bill and Ted, it's um, they've been trying to get that movie made for like years. Oh yeah, and it sucks that they finally got it made. They finally got, I believe that movie was crowdfunded. I believe it was. I believe a large part of it was. Yeah, and um, they finally got it, and they finally got you know everybody back, and then it was. Well, I mean, really, what was Alex Winter doing? He was directing some things. Yeah, but... the Smosh movie. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, like I said, like you know the. They wrote they wrote the script and it was just in like production hell for a long time and then finally they get it made and get it released and it comes out like the worst time to release a movie now and I feel like it, it did really well though yeah it did do very well I just think if it came out not like during the pandemic theater. yeah mainstream theaters it would have got this big release I think it would have made a decent amount of money because uh, you know there's still a, a big fan base for Bill and Ted. I still think it made a ton of money, and yeah. what was really great was, uh, I mean, because I grew up on Bill and Ted oh, and, yeah. and and Bogus Journey and all that, and and so I was able to. My kid had expressed interest in wanting to see it because he mm-hmm. likes Keanu Reeves, and uh, I said, "Well, we're not going to watch. I'm not, not going to pay for you to watch the new movie if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen yeah. the original." So it gave us an opportunity to do like a, a three movie kind of marathon awesome. of <laughs> Bill and Ted, and yeah, it was really neat to see the evolution of. The characters. Mm. I mean, and I had my thoughts about the movie going in. I knew it was going to focus a lot on uh, passing the torch to yeah, yeah. the next generation of Bill and Ted, which is his, their daughters. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I thought they handled it really, really well. And, yeah. Uh, Kristen Schell's in the movie. I didn't actually hate her in that movie because I really <laughs> hate her in most everything she's yeah. in. She's very annoying. Yeah. Bob's Burgers, she's okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. But... Uh, it's it's a really good time, and then uh, staying topical, uh, there was just announced uh, as we filmed this, uh, they had announced that uh, Disney's being sued. Oh wow! Because of a character played by Keanu Reeves. Did you hear about that? I have no idea about that. Okay, so Toy Story Four. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves voices a character called Duke Kaboom. Are you kidding? It's a commercial. It's not real. I can't jump that far. Kaboom. Kaboom. Rated G. Yeah. Which is Canada's uh, take on Evil Knievel. Okay, okay. So, I mean, it's a fantastic character. And in fact, the character was supposed to be a very bit character, a very minor character. Yeah. Until Keanu came in and... Made it bigger. They loved it. Yeah. They loved it. So they they beefed up the role and and Mm -hmm. gave him more scenes. And and, uh, so he was great. The movie was, what, a year ago? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, Yeah, it was last year. Okay. And so now uh, the estate of Evil Knievel is suing Disney for likeness infringement. Good luck with that. Yeah, Disney's got all the lawyers. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I think they have a case. Yeah. I really do. I mean, They're going to settle. They'll get a settlement. Usually Disney, what they do is if anybody tries to come after them, they don't like the bad publicity. So they're just, you know, pushing on the rug and, and yeah. give them how much ever they want. I mean, you know, it's not like Disney can't afford it. Come on now. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, I always hate to see any kind of scandal surrounding yeah, people sucks. I like. Because yeah. especially, I've done a lot of deep diving uh-huh. 
this last couple of weeks about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. To prepare for the podcast. I mean, and it's not like I don't watch his movies. Yeah, yeah. So I have a really firm grip on on mm-hmm. who he is and how he is. And even I even sent uh, an email to his uh, management. Oh, yeah. Trying to see about getting an interview with him. But after oh, watching no. all the stuff I've watched about him and mm-hmm. reading everything I've read about him, I know darn well he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Because here we are talking about him as a positive role model, as a, as a driving force for good in the world, as mm-hmm. it were. And he hates that. Yeah, I've seen a couple of interviews where he kind of shies away from getting... Like, he doesn't like the accolades. Yeah, he doesn't like... And, which and, I can understand. Which just makes him even more cuddly, I want to yeah. give him a hug kind of guy, you know what Humble I mean? Humble thing. It's like a whole Tom Hanks thing. It's just like Tom Hanks could do no wrong. And if something ever came up about Tom Hanks, I think the whole world would be like devastated. They're like, trying. Yeah, they're they trying. keep trying to pin that uh, Epstein thing on him. Like yeah. he visited Epstein's island or whatever. It's like a lot of celebrities did before they realized what Epstein was. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah, it's, it's just icky. Yeah, it's uh. I still think of Tom Hanks as one of the upper echelon of nice guys. So yeah, I mean, and he has a solid career, and you know, like Keanu Reeves, it's just like I feel like he, Keanu Reeves has has always been there in the background. Like he's he's done a lot of cult movies. Like, uh, I I'm, oh, I'm, I got a list. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna go over <laughs> your list. Yeah, hell yeah. But uh, uh, doing a lot of research and deep diving on Keanu now. So now Keanu was born in Beirut. Oh wow, Lebanon, uh, but. Bounced around quite a few places uh, after his mom and his dad split up, and he mm-hmm. just kind of his dad just kind of vanished. Oh wow! And uh, ended up completely out of his life by the age of thirteen. Jesus. So by that point, he had ended up living in Toronto, which is kind of where they yeah. settled down. Uh, got expelled from four different high schools before he finally dropped out at the age of sixteen to pursue acting. Wow. So let's see. He moved to L.A. when he was twenty. I got a whole list here. I'm just going to read down this <laughs> list. One of the first things that really stood out to me was uh, his sister, Kim, mm. was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, wow. A rather aggressive form of leukemia. Mm. And uh, so he was like by her side that whole time when it was happening. And yeah. She beat it. Oh, wow. She beat it, which is humongous awesome. and fantastic. Yeah. And mm. so uh, I, re- I, I did some research into... Uh, his charity work, and in fact, uh, his Matrix paycheck, which was huge, mm-hmm. because the Matrix was huge, and he had yeah. a back-end deal of that, mm-hmm. 70% of that paycheck, he donated to leukemia charities. Oh, wow. Among other charities. Well, leukemia was one of them. But I know, um, I think it was the second Matrix movie. I'm not really familiar with the sequels that well. Um I think as good as the first one. Yeah, I think it was Matrix Reloaded. Uh, he donated a lot of his um, money he got off of it to um, all the the crew people. Yeah, he cut a huge mm-hmm. chunk of his. I think it was like eighty yeah. percent. of his paycheck for it was either the second or the third one, Reloaded yeah. or Revolutions. But he cut a bunch of his paycheck out because he felt like there was such a pay disparity between. Uh, the stunt people mm-hmm. and the people doing digital effects and, and the people who were doing, quote-unquote, the real work yeah, yeah. on the movie. Mm-hmm. And so he, he cut a huge portion of his paycheck to give those people more money. And yeah. Where do you see that? Ever. Yeah, not not Ever. very often. So one of his breakout roles in 1994 was in the movie Speed. I, I love that movie. Love Speed. Not just for Keanu, bum, but bum, for bum, Keanu. Bum, bum, bum. 
Not just for Jeff Daniels, but for Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Not just for Sandra Bullock, because she's amazing in that movie. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper is amazing in that movie. I mean, it's just incredibly well put together. Yeah. I loved every minute of that. Pop quiz, asshole. You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? It was the same guy who directed Twister. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which came Uh, out like a couple years later. That's kind of the movie where he broke out and become this action hero. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you got a little bit, a little bit of that in um, Point Break, just a little bit, like a tad. Right. But he really came out in his speed. Definitely. Yeah. That Point Break was nineteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah. His and then you know, My Own Private Idaho, Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. Dracula. Speed was really the like you say the breakout role. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Johnny Utah. In Point Blank was much maligned because yeah, it was very tropish. It was very strange. Yeah, buddy, this is your fucking wake up call, man. I am an FBI agent. Very Keanu. <laughs> I believe. Um, I think ninety ninety one. He had three movies come out. He had Bogus Journey came out. Uh, Point Break, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and yeah. My Own Private Idaho, which yeah. he starred in with. Uh, his best friend River, River, River Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, um, who died in 1993. Dang, yeah, wow. Which we're gonna get onto the whole topic yeah. of things that have just completely screwed this guy's life over. That but sucks. That's a huge one. Is the loss of of River Phoenix? Yeah, I just watched uh, Explorers the other day, and that was one of his like first roles. Who River? Uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, it's it was he did that before Stand by Me. Uh, but I think Stand By Me is something that he's... Kind of his breakout. His breakout role. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I actually had no idea that um, him and River Phoenix were so close. Yeah. And that, so that the loss of River kind of devastated him, uh, which rightly so. Um, let's see. Down my list here. Uh, talked about how he donates millions and millions of dollars to children's hospitals, always anonymously. Yeah. I don't know how I know this fact if he's doing it anonymously, but I <laughs> yeah. guess somebody broke the news. But it gets, uh, it gets in there. Uh, he's a musician. Yeah, plays the bass, mm-hmm. but he plays in a band called Dogstar. Oh, nice. Um, he's also in that movie Parenthood. He was. That was. Let's see. That movie. like eighty nine, I think. Like Parenthood came out in nineteen eighty nine. Yes, yeah. that's kind of like the same character he plays in, like. Bill and Ted, kind of like the surfer. Kind yeah, of. kind of like hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like flick your hair. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like I saw some clips. I was watching some clips while I was mm-hmm. doing that. And and then there's Bill and Ted. Yeah. So here's Parenthood. You know, Miss Buckman, you need a license to buy a dog or drive a car. Hell, you need a license to catch a fish. But don't let any butt-reaming asshole be a father. And then Bill and Ted. Now your dad's going for it. In your own room. <laughs> Shut up, Ted. Your stepmom is cute, though. Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked her to the prom? Shut up, Ted. Basically the same Basically character. Basically the same. Basically thing. the same yeah. character. Now, uh, and, and then we're going down the life history of Mr. Reeves here. So we get to uh, the early 2000s. I think it was 2001. Mm-hmm. He was dating a woman named Jennifer Syme, who's an actress as well. Okay. Um, they starred together in uh, David Lynch movie. It's a David Lynch movie. I forget what it was called. Mm, okay. Um, that was right around um, 
Matrix Reloaded. Right around there, yeah. Yeah, that was. And so she uh, was pregnant with his child, oh, and wow. his daughter was born, stillborn, mm-hmm. which was a huge, huge. Wow. I mean, uh, as a husband, as a man, I've had a child not born stillborn, but I did. Uh, we did. Me and my wife suffered through a miscarriage, mm-hmm. and that was, right. and and that was just super difficult. So I can't mm-hmm. even imagine the pain and the loss that they felt. Yeah, which led to them breaking up uh, a month or so later. Oh wow! And so, and then uh, to further impact Keanu, unfortunately, uh, Jennifer at that point had been hanging out with Marilyn Manson, and uh, she had gone to one of his parties in the Hollywood Hills, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, left rather intoxicated, and uh, got home. Uh, she was taken home. She didn't drive home. Mm-hmm. She was taken home and then decided she wanted to go back and got in the car and drove. And, and unfortunately, she was involved in a a series of collisions with parked vehicles, and she was dead on the scene. Oh, wow. That's so, awful. as far as events that kind of mm-hmm. shaped this, I mean, and if you look at Keanu Reeves, you see this, he's a wonderful, talented actor. Mm-hmm. But he always seems to have this air of kind of sadness. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, they even made a meme out of it that mm-hmm. yeah, I've Keanu seen, eating a sandwich. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. That's uh, Keanu. I think it's Keanu Reeves Day. There's actual day dedicated to that picture. Oh my. Um, it's, I think it's either Keanu Reeves Day or Keanu Reeves eats a sandwich day or sandwich <laughs> Keanu, something like that. But there's an actual day. No, I've seen that picture. Um, but I believe that was. I was during when he was filming something. Um, but well, I've seen that picture. Yeah, and, and that became a huge thing. And so yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back. We're going to continue talking about the career of Keanu Reeves. Stick around. All right, welcome back. So we were talking about kind of the the history of Keanu before we really delve into his movies all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, his dad had left when he was about three years old, but kind of stuck stuck around in the background and as as a part of his life until around age thirteen. Dang. And at around age thirteen is when he stopped hearing from him. Yeah, uh, his mom remarried. Uh, he had three different stepdads. Jesus, uh, which I can't imagine was easy for him. No, not. Um. One of the main things that that I did not know about Keanu Reeves is mm-hmm. is growing up, he, he suffered through a rather strong form of dyslexia. Oh wow! And so, can you imagine trying? I can't remember scripts without dyslexia. Yeah, I have a hard time remembering lines, anyways. Yeah, but to to imagine overcoming dyslexia to that sucks. Do what he's done and become what he's become. It's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There was some other actor, I forgot who it was. I think it was like Corey Feldman or somebody, some like child actor from the 80s saying that he suffered from dyslexia too and it was really hard for him to get roles. Uh, well, yeah, because you got to sit there and remember all these lines. lines and yeah, and numbers and things like that. It's a struggle. <laughs> I can't even do it regular. No. <laughs> uh, he owns a motorcycle company. Oh, nice. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. He, that's one of oh. his big hobbies is he likes riding and he likes... Yes, I do remember that. I, I forget actually, the name of it. I, but... I read about that, that he owns... Um, he really is into motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And he has um, he has one. 
In fact, there, like Fair My Private right. Idaho, when he was trying to get River Phoenix involved in that movie, yeah, um, River didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. and so he drove like almost like two grand, two thousand miles on a motorcycle to where River was at to hand deliver the script to him and get him to be involved. Oh wow! And, and that's dedication. Yeah, <laughs> not, not yeah. only to the motorcycle, not only to the script, but to his friend as well. Yeah. Like this, this is a good role for you. I think you should play it. Do it right. Uh, and then uh, most recently, uh, he's been revealed to be in a relationship with author uh, Alexander Grant. Oh, yes. Which is really nice, because everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, is, is he ever going to get into a relationship mm-hmm. again? Yeah. Will we ever get to see Happy Keanu again? Yeah. And and it's like, I I think Happy Keanu's there all the time. He's right. just, like I said, painfully, awkwardly shy and yeah. humble and self-effacing. And yeah. It, it's... In in a, in an age and an era where we are confronted with musicians and actors who are all so very full of themselves, mm-hmm. Kanye West. Um, <laughs> it's really I like the early Kanye West. I did too. Before we realized who he was. Before he's a freaking. Before he became Kanye West. Weird dude. But uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 rare in a celebrity to get this humble and generous spirit mm-hmm. i mean and we've seen it like we talked about a bunch of other uh, celebrities who are like that we can be a steve Irwin, yeah uh and and the other ones that i've mentioned we mentioned tom, tom hanks, hanks yeah. uh bob ross mm-hmm. uh fred rogers um and i always put lavar burton on the list as oh, well yeah. all the educators you know what i mean even like um oh, what's his name oh my god his name escaped me um wilder from um, Ryan Reynolds? No, um, from Charlie. Really, one from the Charlie Factory. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah, genuine, genuine guy. I mean, you could say he knew about Blazing Saddles, but I think everyone knew about Blazing Saddles, and and I think they tried to take the piss with it yeah. and just kind of expose it for all the for for what it was horrible I mean, shit back in the time, and then they did they did what they could back in the day. Yeah. To take it on, but to its, it's defense, tone deaf now, but to its defense, it was written by a black guy. <laughs> so give it that. And, and I know we're not talking about Blazing Saddles or Mel Brooks in particular, but uh, holy shit, they they tried to make a TV show out of that too with Lou Gossett Jr. In that oh, role. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that Blazing Saddles and kind of anything Mel Brooks esque couldn't really couldn't be made today. No, I mean, they're so. Even the more commercially viable ones like Spaceballs or yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, there's so much. They're they're trying so hard to point the finger at people and mm-hmm. to be pointed and mm-hmm. make a joke of maybe shit that shouldn't be made a joke of. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and uh, here's the point where I would normally play a clip from Blazing Saddles, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> nope. because no, 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 no. You got to trip around that landmine that Hell yeah. find a clip that isn't horribly racist sounding out of context. or. Okay, Jim. Since you are my guest and I am your host, what are your pledges? What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching um, a lot of movies that I used to watch as a kid, like, not to get off topic, but no, no, we 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 stray from topic every now and again. But uh, a lot of John Hughes movies do not mm. hold up. Sixteen Candles can be made today. Rapey. That movie is like 
body shaming. It's racist. It's not really good for the LGBTQ community at all. And I've got a whole conversation I'm going to have coming up here. In, mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, movies that, beloved movies that don't hold up. Yeah. Really. I would love to be a part of that and, conversation. Yeah. I, I might, I might do like a three or four person panel for that one because there's a lot of movies that people hold in really high regard that, that just don't, Mm-mm. they just don't hold up. They, I mean, rapey or racist yeah. or anti LGBTQ. Yeah. Or I mean, just shit that just does not fly in this day and age. And people say we're getting too sensitive. We're all a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah. No, it's just times are changing. We're evolving as human beings. And if you don't evolve, you're trash. That's all. Looking at you, J.K. Rowling. Oh, no. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, a lot of John Hughes movies don't hold up. And I, I, I love 16 Candles, but I'm just it's hard to watch now. I'm just like, God, that doesn't. And you specifically like The Breakfast Club. That, that movie was a high bar for me as a kid. And still up today, it's still a high bar. But it just it doesn't it doesn't hold up very well. Especially how they depict suicide as like a joke. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, nah, that really doesn't fly. And I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's the only movie that I've seen lately that still rather holds up. I mean, it's still a bunch of white rich kids from the Chicago suburbs that have mediocre problems, (laughs) but white people problems. (laughs) Um, it's still it's still a good movie. I'm trying to think of anything overt in that movie other than the fact that it stars a. A guy that ends up becoming a child. Oh yeah, the the, the principal. Forget, what's his name? The guy played Ed Rooney. Yeah, I I know he's also in Beetlejuice too, and he's Howard the Duck. And, yeah, and Howard yeah. the Duck. That's another movie that doesn't really well, it's never really held up. I no, mean, and, it, and me and Ethan, we actually talked about a bunch of comic book movies that are just kind of shit back in the day. Yeah, and that was one of them. Howard the Duck is just not. Yeah. What you call great. Um but Leah Thompson's in it, so you got to give it that. I've always liked Leah Thompson. She's pretty good in Back to the Future. But, uh, so yeah, as far as, as Keanu Reeves has gone, he's had a really rough uh, go of things. But I think, all in all, like like all trials and tribulations that we go through in life mm-hmm. do, I think it has shaped him very positively yeah. into the person that he's become. Like, do we have this generous spirit in Keanu uh, donating all his money to cancer charities and children's charities and things like that mm-hmm. if he didn't see his sister pull through this horrific medical nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to think so, but it's hard to say. Yeah, I think I think I think everything we go through in life has an effect on us in a positive way. And I've also seen it as a negative way, like from personal experience. I know when my dad passed away back in 2013 for that whole year, I was so mad at the world. I was so like just every time I seen like someone be like super friendly with their family and things and lovey dovey. I'm just like, you know, shut the fuck up. Like, no. But at the same time, I've learned from that experience and I've learned to appreciate everybody in my you know, friends of circle and my family appreciate them more because yeah, you know, we're not, we're not here forever. We're not here for a long time. We're here yeah. for a good time. 
so I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen big things happen to big people and could either change them in a positive way or, uh, you know, a negative way. And, and we got really lucky as regards to Keanu Reeves because oh yeah, oh yeah. he just, he, he takes things like, for instance, one of the things I noticed in interviews, and if you've ever watched any of the like autograph signings or picture signings, mm-hmm. I know we've talked on the show about you and Patrick and your <laughs> propensity for star stalking. <laughs> All aside, like we we all went down and we met Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, I got to shake his hand and 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 kind of you know give Jay a little bit of a side hug kind of mm-hmm. thing, and which is great. Yeah, um, you'd never get that with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. All he does, and, and and from all of his interviews, if you've ever looked, and if you haven't seen this, I anticipate that you wouldn't want to look at this. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen this phenomenon, I would say take a look. But if you ever look at him in a photo with like uh, like. You know, he gets requests from females to get pictures yeah, yeah. taken with him all the time. And, you know, the the uh, obvious choice is to put your arm around somebody mm-hmm. for a photograph, right? Mm-hmm. You know, friendly kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He kind of does that. But if you look, he's always got his hands visible, visible and mm-hmm. off to the side. Yeah. He doesn't even want the air of impropriety. Yeah. Which I think is very respectful. Yeah. Very respectful. Mm-hmm. I myself want a bear hug from the guy. Yeah. But I mean. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. That's just me. But uh, he, he goes out of his way to stay responsible and respectful, which is, I think, part of the reason that we like him so much. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to do is I'm going to go down a list and we're going to talk about. I took didn't write down all of his films, mm-hmm. but I kind of went down the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. And in order of year of release, I went down and, and jotted down like. In yeah. ascending order, his movies, the, the standout movies. Yeah. Side note, uh, you don't think that was a little bit for me to say that? like About what? About a John Hughes movie. Like, oh, it's a bunch of white kids who have mediocre problems. No, it is about a mo- bunch of white kids okay, having mediocre I'm, problems. I'm just making sure I don't come off as like, oh, he said white kid. He's a racist. No. No, I'm just, I'm, no. that's just my feeling. No, it just is. <laughs> All right, cool. Anyone who's seen it knows. But we start off, his big breakout role was in Dangerous Liaisons. Mm, Um, And then also uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Hell yeah. Right around the same time. Did you grow up with Bill and Ted? Because I grew up with, like, Wayne and Garth. We got to get going. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. With Alice Cooper. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're stuck! We suck! Like Wayne's World things. Well, we have a bit of an age difference between us, Arthur. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm remarkably well kept. I don't know if you knew that I'm as old as I am, but uh, as of October 2nd, I will be 43 years old. You don't look 43. I don't, I don't act like I'm 43 years old. You look uh, like mid-30s. Well, see, now you're just trying to get my pants, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> what will my wife think? Uh, all right, let's go. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I did. I grew up on I mm-hmm. grew up on Wayne and Garth. I grew mm-hmm. up on uh, Bill and Ted, as far as your slacker heroes, your slacker mm-hmm. stoner heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Jay and Silent Bob, of course. Oh, son of Javel, kneel before son! Snoochie boochies. <laughs> Um, and 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 they were all kind of very similar. Yeah, they're very um, in that. You always have like the crude one kind of. Yeah, 
you got the loud mouth and you got the kind of uh, uh, yeah yeah you know? like the you know you got your beefs and buttheads and i am cornholio <laughs> i need tv for my bunghole <laughs> would you like this spatula <laughs> for your bunghole beavis and butthead there's another one um, i wouldn't call them heroes but <laughs> uh you also had um harold and kumar who yeah. came out in the early yeah. 2000s yeah right. with go to white castle so um i was a late comer to harold and kumar uh it wasn't until the second one came out that i got into that okay yeah i was there from the beginning but like i said i didn't i didn't get into bill and ted until my later teens like i was maybe 19 or 20 the first time i see an excellent adventure to be honest yeah but i grew up with wayne's world you know um on snl and also the movies yeah as well um yeah so bill and ted and mm. And Wayne's World and all that. Uh, I grew up on all of that. That was yeah, all yeah. a staple part of my upbringing. Ninja Turtles, the old Ninja oh, Turtles, yeah. had the same kind of uh, yeah, like sound a surfer kind of yeah. laid back skater yeah. surfer vibe. Yeah. And... This little guy's got psychokinetic abilities. Oh, whoa! Psych, psychokin. Oh, what's that mean? And, and it was always so like relatable. Like I wasn't. I'm not I gonna say like. Why. I was a slacker in high school or anything, but it was just so like, it was just so relatable. Like, just kick back. Inoffensive. Yeah, it's not offensive at all. They're not, you know, they just chill back. They're not destructing anything, you know, ripped jeans and flannels and the long hair and, you know, the no, no real expectations. Yeah, no real ex- expectations. You're just kind of flowing through life. And like you said, you know, life's not about, I forgot what you said. Life's not about like struggles. It's about like enjoying it. You said something. We're, uh, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I like that. And I think I feel like that's what we're missing. That's I wish why. I knew where I stole that from. <laughs> I have to Google that one. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, relatable. So, so right around 1989 was when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out, and oh, yeah. I myself haven't seen Dangerous Liaison, so I wasn't familiar okay. with that one. But uh, uh, then we got Parenthood, like uh, that, which yeah. is also in '89, mm-hmm. which as we talked about. A very similar style of character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Point Break was. I just rewatched that yesterday. Strange thing, strange fact about uh, Point Break. Uh, That movie came out July of ninety one, I believe. Um, You know what also came out July of ninety one? What's that? Terminator Two. I remember that. I went to the theater for Terminator Two. Point Break's directed by um, Catherine Bigelow, who would go on to do Zero Dark Thirty and. Hurt Locker and get an Academy Award, okay. um, be a really great female director. She was also dating James Cameron at the time, or they were married, so they had both two big movies, somewhat big movies, come out the same summer. Of That's course, cool. everybody liked T two better, but I still like. T2 I appreciate better, Catherine but, yeah. Bigelow and what she's done. So, um, go. And he was married to James Cameron. What a man whore! He was married to Linda Hamilton at one exactly, point. Exactly. Yeah. So, my goodness. I don't know which one came first, but I think it was Bigelow and then Hamilton. I think they they were trying to kind of get together during because she was in T one and T yeah. two. Can you imagine the conversation about him trying to get her back for the newest Terminator movie? That's awkward. Talking to your ex, huh? Hey Linda. There's a um, <laughs> I forgot what Academy Award uh, uh year it was. I think Amy Poehler said a joke to about Catherine Bigelow because she I think she directed a movie and she was just like you know Catherine Bigelow does know a lot about suffering I mean look she was married to James Cameron and it was really funny because they were both sitting right next to each other and the <laughs> camera just cuts to James Cameron's face and he's just like oh I, just, I, I understand <laughs> yeah I get it yeah. I get it 
Uh, and then, of course, we talked about Bogus Journey, 1991. Oh, yeah. How's it going, Bill and Ted? How's it going, Bill and Ted? <laughs> um, My Own Private Idaho, which I have not seen. That's a great movie. I've heard. Uh, it's a really fantastic movie. Great and movie. then, of course, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now, here we come to the first movie where I really remember Keanu Reeves just being raked over the coals for. Okay. Having read Bram Stoker's Dracula as a kid, um, not exactly light reading for a kid. <laughs> yeah. but I was when I was like uh, twelve and thirteen. I was, I, I spent my early childhood just absorbing books. I, I oh, discovered okay. in second grade that I could speed read. Oh wow! And so I just devoured books yeah. left and right, and I like, got to like third or fourth grade, and I realized I'd gone through all the major books uh-huh. that, for kids back then. Yeah, yeah. That I gave a shit about. And so I started uh, moving into bigger books and, and more oh, yeah. adult literature. Uh, yeah. Alexander Dumas and okay. Three Musketeers and yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame and, uh-huh. and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I get why they did it. Mm-hmm. And I know there was conscious choice on his part to play it the way he did. Yeah. So Winona Ryder uh, came out recently in uh, – a newspaper talking about Dracula in which she starred with Keanu Reeves and she starred with Gary Oldman and uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Gary Oldman's amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um, I forgot he was in that movie. I guess uh, he was directed, Keanu was directed by Coppola to whisper insults to Winona Ryder to get her to cry because she was having trouble emoting for a scene. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I guess the scene in question is when uh, uh, Dracula is trying to turn into a pile of rats and uh, Mina Harker, who's played by Winona Ryder, mm-hmm. uh, is supposed to react in shock and, and tears. And mm-hmm. and um, I guess she was having trouble crying for this set. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis Ford Coppola thought it'd be easy to get her to cry if she had or if he had uh, uh, Keanu throw insults at her during this process. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I guess he stood off the camera, uh, uh, Coppola stood off camera yelling, you whore, at Ryder, in order to try and get her to, to be offended enough to where she'd cry. But when that didn't work, he tried to get Keanu involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep reading here. He wouldn't do it, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he, he refused to insult Ryder. And uh, that kind of cemented their friendship. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of the reason that he started getting that good guy kind of image. Okay. Um, and and I guess hanging out with the people like River Phoenix, who was a known mm-hmm. party animal and drug yeah, addict, yeah. and and in fact, my own private Idaho apparently led to a lot of River Phoenix's drug yeah. abuse problems. Which, again, has got to play hell on Keanu, knowing that oh, he yeah. pulled him into that role. Yeah. But he had really started developing this nice guy persona right around then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 92, we have uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. 93 did uh, Much Ado About Nothing, which oh, was yeah. directed by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Uh, which was supposed to be really, really good. I didn't... I don't have a huge fake Shakespeare fan. So. I haven't seen it. I've seen, like, posters and a bunch of, like, images and stills from it, but I haven't seen it. Then we get into a bit more of an action kind of mode and, and speed, like we said, his breakout oh, speed, action role. Yeah. Love speed. And uh, 
Johnny Mnemonic, which was oh, sci-fi. Wow, kinda. I remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, we can go through his entire... I mean, he's got hundreds of acting credits on his resume, but... He did that movie, um, A Walk in the Clouds. 1995, yeah. I like that movie. It's a, it's a bit of a, like a... It's an art house type of flip. Yeah, it's a romance art house. Takes place in like... Or like Santa Rosa, California and wine vineyards and things like that. Right. The next role that I remember seeing him in was Devil's Advocate in 97. Oh, Al Pacino. Alongside Al Pacino, yeah. And just fantastic in that movie. But he's got that really stunted delivery. Yeah. Still in that part that he's kind of using to his mm-hmm. advantage. Yeah. I mean, every you, t- you talk Keanu with anybody and you're going to get the, whoa, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, I know Kung Fu. The very stilted delivery, which yeah. is kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. it worked for Shatner. It kind of works for him. So Yeah. Hey, you got to go with what works. So 99 brought us things. The Matrix along Big with one. 2003, Matrix Reloaded, and Matrix Revolutions. Big ones. Big, Big ones. ones. Those, I think, really, I mean, he'd been an, kind of an outlier in Hollywood up to that mm-hmm. point. Those movies really kind of tried to bring him into the main leading man kind of role. You think of anything Keanu, it's Matrix. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you, you say. Name a Keanu movie. It's not Speed. It's not. It's not even Bill and well, Ted. Well, for me, it's Speed. Yeah, well, yeah. For me and you, it's like Speed, <laughs> Bill and Ted, yada yada. But for for other people, it's Matrix. And then uh, you know the Constantine movie, which was I actually rewatched that the other day. It's 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 okay. It's problematic, but I I, I, like I have it to take it outside of the realm of DC Comics, yeah. which is based on uh, John Constantine out of the DC Comics. Yeah. And, Okay, so yeah, John Constantine uh, played now on the CW uh, DC shows by Matt Ryan. Okay. Pretty well, Yeah, I thought. Um, not enough to hold his own show for more mm-hmm. than a season, but uh, an early take on a character that nobody really knew. Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. took on the role, and, and mm-hmm. it, you got to kind of take it separate from what the DC when that movie come out? is. Uh, Constantine came out in 2005. Okay, so it wasn't, it was it's pre, it's like almost... A couple of years before the first, uh, maybe a year before the first Iron Man. Right. So comic book movies haven't entered that renaissance yet. Not yet. No, no, no. They, we were still dealing with uh, Spider-Man franchise at that point. I think Spider-Man 3 would have came out around that time. Uh, we saw the Fantastic Four with uh, Chris Evans. Jesus. So it was definitely, it wasn't Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Caliber. Caliber yet. Yeah. So. And then a couple years off, then we kind of see him in the, the Day the Earth Stood Still, which was a fairly decent remake. I remember that, yes. And then he kind of drops off the radar, for except for like private stuff and indie yeah. stuff. And we don't really get Keanu back until 2014. Wow. We when enter John Wick. The keanu Sans, John Wick. When did uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still come out? 2008. Wow. So that's a good like... Five or six years. Right. I mean, and he was still doing stuff. He's always working. But yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Major his, film role. His filmography is loaded with things. He's always in something. So we're going to take another quick break. And we come back. We're going to enter the Keanu Sans. All right. Welcome back. So we were talking about 2014. We are reintroduced. And I say reintroduced because... The Keanu Reeves that we get in 2014's John Wick is unlike any Keanu Reeves I have ever seen mm-hmm. before. When Ellen died, I lost everything. 
until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift for my wife. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on alone. And your son took that from me. Stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die screaming alongside him! And as I said, I've followed, all, like, a lot of these movies that we've talked about so far, I've, I've followed and I've watched mm -hmm. and I've been a fan of to some mm -hmm. degree or another. Johnny Mnemonic I watch when I feel like I want to laugh. It's sci-fi, <laughs> but... There's a movie, there's another movie that um, Keanu Reeves did. I used to watch all the time when I was younger. Uh, Hardball. Yeah, Have yeah, yeah. Where he's, he's kind of like the Bad News Bears yeah, coach it's like a, thing. Yeah, it's like a Bad News Bears kind of ripoff. Um, I like that movie. It's, it has a good... Um, Michael B. Jordan's in that. He's like 13 or 14. I love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. But, uh, so... John Wick in 2014, kind of, mm. I, I I hate to admit it, but I kind of slept on that movie a while because everybody, everybody was talking did. about it so hard. Everybody slept on that movie. And it just became this sleeper monster hit. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I remember I remember distinctly going into this like, all right, fine, shit, I'll watch it. Yeah. Let me, let me, I'll sit down. It looked like a generic. Just a of generic those... action flick. One of those movies that you see like John Travolta starring in now that's at Walmart for like 10 bucks from Paris with love, or yeah, or something like that. Like, it's just it looks super generic. I'm just like, okay, Keanu, like, we haven't seen you in a while. Give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll the, the most Holy it could be, shit. yeah, rocked. Yeah, holy shit. That movie was super big, non stop, 100% action start to finish. Mm -hmm. And delivered with a serious and a gravitas that I wouldn't have expected from Keanu Reeves. I got to admit something. I did not see that movie until I think John Wick 2 came out. Then I was just like, okay, we'll I'll watch you. it now. We'll forget yeah. it. Was, it was hard for me to get on. I, I just There's so many other things that were coming out that I just like, okay, I eventually got to go on John Wick 3. But it's it's weird, though, because that movie started out... John Wick was a small little indie indie movie. Mm -hmm. Then it came on to be this big thing. You know, he got Huge. John hit John Wick two, and then I was working at a movie theater while John Wick three was coming out, and that movie made a All lot money. of money. All the money. All the money in the world. Like this small little action flick that's brought out by Lionsgate. Like, wow! Like it's a game changer. And I read an article uh, the other day. Uh, and in fact, it was my wife that pointed this article out to me. There is a theory going around that each of the John Wick movies is focused on one of the stages of grief. Oh, okay. Because if you know anything about John Wick, and this movie's out long past the spoiler moratorium, mm -hmm. uh, I can safely say if you haven't watched it, then you're out of luck. I'm going to talk right. about it. So the five stages of grief are... Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So the, the fan theory goes, uh, John Wick, uh, in the first John Wick, John's living by himself with his wife's things in a house, uh, in a bathroom that's untouched. A house that's untouched still reminds him very much of her, mm -hmm. as if she's going to walk right through the door mm -hmm. and come back into his life. 
trying to act like nothing's wrong, trying to live through his anguish. This is the denial stage. Mm. Which brings us to John Wick 2. Anger. Uh, his killing spree from the first movie entices uh, the other character, Santiago, to pull him out of retirement mm-hmm. um, and betray him. And his anger gets the better of him, and he kills on the Continental's grounds mm-hmm. in anger. Mm-hmm. Chapter 3, Parabellum, brings us bargaining. Um, begging his connections for help, begging for medicine, begging for guns because he's on the run. Uh, forcing markers and getting guidance from other characters um, and basically getting to the high table at the end of Parabellum to ask for another shot at life. Mm -hmm. He's bargaining. Mm -hmm. So as the theory goes, we got two more stages to go through. We've still got uh, depression and acceptance, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure what that says about John Wick 4 that they're actually filming, but... I don't know, man. I'm already pretty depressed for poor John Wick. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... The thing I like about Keanu is he's down to do these John Wick movies, and he's also down to do another Matrix movie. Which they're filming now. Yes, which is supposed to come out around... Originally supposed to come out, like, within a week of each other. Of, oh, who the hell knows now? Yeah, yeah. It's so many things have been... I mean... Thanks a lot, COVID. 2021, we're getting four superhero movies, so... We shall see how that's going to work. Yeah, if it works. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I like about Keanu. It's just like, I really wish that he would go back to his speed character. I know they made speed to <laughs> cruise control. Which he opted out of. They offered him yeah. $11 million. He just didn't like the script. No, it was a terrible script. Yeah, he was just like, how is this going to work? No, on a boat. <laughs> speed on a boat. No, it just doesn't. Speedboat. Speedboat. That's such a better name. Speedboat. But it sounds like one of those (laughs) ripoff movies. Uh, Keanu Reeves in (laughs) Speedboat. Coming this summer. Rated X. Um, no, I wish I wish he would return to that character. I mean, but you know what? Bill and Ted Three. What I've heard from it is this is one of those movies that this is why reboots could work. And making a sequel after 30, 40 years, or in this case, 20 years after the original could still manage to work. Indiana Jones 4 didn't work. No. It just didn't work. Uh, and we could put a lot of blame on that to Shia LaBeouf, but I won't. Yeah. And it was just shitty writing start to top. And just the way that movie shot is just really weird. It's really polished. You mean you didn't like him swinging through the jungle on the vines with the monkeys? No, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. There's some aspects of that movie that are cool. John but Hurt. Yeah. I really like John Hurt in that movie. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there is a time and a place for remake and reboot. And, and, and I've been talking a lot about that with people as mm-hmm. well. Is Because um, at times it seems like Hollywood's just kind of run out of ideas. Yeah, so but, they go back to the well, and, and but you also got to think about like back in the '90s, we had that too. We had a bunch of live a- live action was super big in the '90s. We had Flintstones live action, we had Casper live action, we had uh, Little Rascals, fucking Richie Rich, Richie Rich. We had uh, sorry Macaulay. <laughs> we had Flipper. We had a whole bunch of oh, I forgot about Flipper. We had a whole bunch of like 
re- like reboots of like old TV shows from like the 50s, 60s. And now we're kind of doing that same thing with the 90s. We had Bill and Ted come up. We had, you know, all that's back on Nickelodeon. They're making another episode. I think I heard rumors that they're making another Austin Powers. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff from the 90s are coming back now. And in 30 years from now, we might get a reboot of John Wick. See, the cool thing about this is, is there's this huge wave of nostalgia, and it doesn't yes. just focus around uh, TV, and it doesn't just focus around movies. It's about video games and everything mm-hmm. else. There's this huge... Everything comes in waves. Yeah. And myself being heavily keyed to nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really easy to fall back on something that's a surefire hit. Mm-hmm. Like with... Uh, with Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. uh, it, these two characters have been dying for a remake. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to get that greenlit for a dozen years. years. yeah. And uh, it only just now happened, which thankfully it still came out and made a, a lot of money and, yeah. and, and was super successful for everyone involved. But uh, we got things like Kevin Smith going back to the well and doing a Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. Uh, we got things like uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. On uh, now Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, that off on that show, Red. if you've never seen Cobra Kai and you have Holy any interest in the Karate Kid, shit. you have to go and watch that. I, I, I skipped that one when I was on you. When I, I was on, not. when it was on YouTube, I was just like, this is garbage. This <laughs> is like garbage. But as soon as it went to Netflix a few months ago, I was on you it. Binged it. I binged both seasons yeah, we did within too. two days. We just watched them again. Because so my wife kind of bounced in and out on uh, so good in and out on it while me and my son were watching mm-hmm. it, and so I told her she had to sit down and watch the whole thing with us and and uh, it's so yeah. good. It's so and I good. don't want to spoil anything because it's newish, but yeah, it's so that, good. That, that's that cliffhanger on season two. Oh man, yeah. Good. I love what they did good. with the Johnny Lawrence good. character. Like it's all focused around him. I could it's have awesome. an entire episode about Karate Kid, and in fact, yeah. coming up towards season three when it be getting ready to come out, maybe Hell I'll do yeah. that. But uh, awesome, but uh, so yeah, good. So it, good. they they play around with hero and villain very very mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, and they dance around who's the hero and who's the villain. And no pun intended, it's a perfect balance. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, and, and and I don't want to get into it. We're, we're, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it another time. But Cobra Kai, I go check it. it out. It's on Netflix. Cobra Kai is amazing. But it plays into that nostalgia mm-hmm. in a way that the Karate Kid remake movie didn't. Yeah. Um, which I didn't mind the movie. I don't mind the movie. I took it separately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, if you don't put Karate Kid on it, it doesn't feel like a Karate Kid movie. It definitely has those aspects to like it. The like the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah. Um, but actually, the same people that produce that remake also is producing Cobra Kai. Which yeah, they're is, the one, like, including Will Smith. Yeah, including Will who Smith. Who owns exec producer rights because his son Jaden was in mm-hmm. the remake. Which I could see. Um, one more thing about Cobra Kai. <laughs> it is really dark especially the language that they use i'm like is this a kid's thing because they don't skip around anything like Mm. they it's full in your face ready to go that's it that's all i'm gonna say but yeah definitely go check out cobra kai well if i when i get we're gonna get to the point where we're talking about cobra kai i'll have you on again we can we can wax on that show about that movie so good um great show wax off like that perverts (laughs) get your minds out of the gutter um but what i Somebody said there's a um, there's a podcast I listen to called um, Hey Do You Remember, and it's about mm-hmm. these three people who uh, grew up in like the 80s and 90s, 
and um, they review movies that they once watched when they were kids. And one of them said a quote saying, every 30 years, there's a nostalgia, like kind of like revamp. And I feel like that's going on with the 80s, late 80s, mid to late 80s to the 90s. Because I'm now 30. I was born in 91, so I grew up on a lot of the 90s Nickelodeon shows and all that stuff. And all that stuff's coming back. You know, you had Cobra Kai. You had Rocco's Smart Life. They did a brand new thing. Beavis and Butthead's coming back to mm-hmm. Comedy Central. So all this stuff. And we gravitate to that because it's comfort. It reminds us of a better time. Right. So we... I wouldn't mind if they made an Indiana Jones 5. I mean... I don't think Harrison Ford should should do that because of his state. A guy's seventy five years old. I mean, come on now. He's starting to lose his marbles a little bit. Um, but no, that nostalgia trip is definitely back, and I think you know you could either take it or leave it. Right, and so now would be now was exactly the right time, I figure, for uh, something like Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music to come yeah. out because uh, we wanted something. We, we've all been in this quarantine state of thinking yeah, for almost a year now mm-hmm. and uh, uh we need stuff every now and again to remind us that hey you know life's still worth living there's still things that we can enjoy oh mm-hmm. yeah and you know we weren't getting a whole lot in the realm of new tv or new movies mm-hmm. and so the decision to release that digitally was fantastic it's mm-hmm. one of the few movies that i've bought full price mm-hmm. uh through a streaming service mm-hmm. and i didn't <laughs> and that i didn't regret one iota yeah and, and and a lot of that is uh, due to Keanu Reeves, and and what we're given with him, and and I and and just to kind of tie it all back into the main central topic here, uh, there's something about knowing these people um, as we get to know them as people mm-hmm. that makes me want to watch their movies more yeah. and more. Just like when you see shit like Kanye West go nuts. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to listen to his music less and less. Yeah. It's, the, it's the same effect. Mm-hmm. We sit here and we see Tom Hanks being a magnificent human being. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to watch more Tom Hanks. Yeah. We see Keanu Reeves in the media. Uh, you know, I, I just saw an episode of uh, an interview that he did on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. where he's answering fans' questions. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's answering fans' questions. He's just playing with like a bunch of puppies. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I, what, what more do you need? Keanu Reeves and a batch of puppies? It's right. fantastic. It's a meme in itself. I think that we do tend to get so mired in the negative mm. that when we see something super positive and we see something that shines a light on, you know, just like I said with Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all this negativity surrounding us right now. Maybe we need something to snap us out of it for yeah. two hours. Two you know? hours, yeah. And we get that with Keanu. Mm-hmm. We get that with uh, all these actors who, despite everything, mm-hmm. are just fantastic human beings. Yeah. I, I, I find myself drawn to his movies more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I find that my son is as well. Mm-hmm. My son, who had never seen any of the Bill and Ted movies, mm-hmm. uh, I took that as a personal challenge because he wanted to watch <laughs> the new movies. So yeah. we sat down and we watched. You got to watch the first all two three of them. Yeah. Like in two nights, we, yeah. we kind of binged all three of them, mm-hmm. and he was so geeked on it. He comes at me uh, two days later and he goes, "Dad, I want to watch Speed." I'm like, "Okay, we can do that." 
I love oh, just man, the enthusiasm. Just yeah. the enthusiasm my son has because of who Keanu is. Hell yeah. I might even make him watch Johnny Mnemonic uh, <laughs> if I feel like torturing him because that, yeah. I'm sorry, Keanu. That movie is mm-hmm. <laughs> indecipherable. Indecipherable. Yeah. But uh, uh, by and large, I'd like to think, and, and we'll kind of wrap it up with the fact that uh, because he's such a fantastic human being, mm-hmm. leads me to want to watch his movies more and more. Mm-hmm. But it leads me to want to read more about him as well, to learn mm-hmm. about him. And, and as I told you off uh, off camera, I just I tried to get an interview mm-hmm. uh, through his people, uh, and I didn't accomplish that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of glad. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm glad is because he is the type of person who is this generous and loving and and mm-hmm. and giving spirit, but he does not like to be recognized yeah, for yeah. it. And I would have hated to think that anything I did trying to shine a light on what a magnificent human being he is mm-hmm. would have caused him any kind of discomfort. Yeah. Like, and you see him in interviews. He's kind of dodging questions yeah. and, and, and kind of, mm-hmm. Let, let's talk about the action. In yeah, that movie. right. And instead, it's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, stop digging. And you see the interviewers keep digging, and it's like, no, man, leave him the fuck yeah, alone. Leave him alone, yeah. He's it's like shy. Meeting, it's like meeting your heroes. You know, it's, you don't, you want to remember you want to remember and know them for what they are not you know the not that you, they're actual people you yeah and because you know, people are flawed one of these days you might catch them on a wrong day and you might just hit that hit that moment where he's just a dick and, and then you're like, ruined forever. yeah then you're ruined but you know like you said we're all human beings we all make mistakes we all say things that we regret but if what, we can use Keanu as an example of how you could you could be a nice person but also the same time everybody everybody does dumb stuff and everybody suffers through a lot of shit hell yeah that has the opportunity to drag you down and make you an angry person and and i think if like i said if we use keanu as kind of an example mm-hmm. uh, and and there's tons of other examples yeah, out yeah. there robert irwin mm-hmm. bindi irwin mm-hmm. following in their father's footsteps which hell is yeah. amazing to see yeah uh, every time I see Robert Irwin on, like, Jimmy Kimmel and yeah. Fallon, I start tearing up. Yeah. Because he's Hell yeah. a spitting image of, of his Steve. father, yeah. And, and you know, it, it really reinforces that good can exist, that good uh-huh. does exist, especially in this world of the Me Too movement and everything mm-hmm. else, which is rightfully shining a light on all of this industry. Hell yeah. Hell horrible... This- shit how disgusting hollywood could be but people continue to turn the other cheek and yeah. it's it's allowable and that sickens me but to see that there's these people that can rise above it mm-hmm. it's inspiring absolutely inspiring. the only thing that i could see i'm not trying to shine a negative light on anything but it's weird that we we look at keanu reeves as this cool human being but the second he betrays us in any way. Oh, we're going to turn on him like piranhas. We turn on him. And I've been guilty of that. And I've been like at people like, why are you doing that? Like, come on now. But it's strange how we're we're all about sometimes we could be about negativity and things like that. But at the same time, when we take something for granted like Keanu Reeves being a happy person. We could go back to the dark side, be like, "Oh, you screwed us over. You did. You stepped wrong, and you know your career's over." It's 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 kind of sad for for people like that because you know I feel like 
the people that love you, you know, you're like your podcast. It's all about fandom. Mm-hmm. And if you're liked, you're liked. If you're not liked, don't have much of a career. Yeah. Well, and uh, on the plus side, at least with Keanu Reeves is where he's regarded. I tried to find dirt. I really <laughs> did. Because, you know, I don't want to shine this this beacon on uh, who am I? I'm looking at as a, as a bastion of positivity and human goodwill um, without doing my homework. And I literally could find, okay, so he drank sometimes. Yeah. So he, he did some drinks. drugs back in the 90s. Who didn't? Who didn't? I didn't, but I, was <laughs> I wasn't born. I, was, yeah. I wasn't an old enough to uh, consumptuate. But uh, consume. You know, I looked really hard for negativity, and I just couldn't find it. And that made me that made me smile. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of end it off there, Arthur. I want to thank you for uh, joining me again. Hell yeah, anytime. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. And uh, if you've got any positive Keanu Reeves stories, I inc- I encourage you to. Uh, Send us a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom, and just hashtag it Keanu Reeves. Or you can email it to me if you don't want it to be public. Uh, email me at fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. But uh, my name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for joining us once again. And uh, keep fighting, keep staying strong, and just like Keanu, try to stay positive. And remember what I always tell you everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Take care.